Nature's Key, wellness in all we do. This week on the Nature's Key podcast, we speak with Jeremy Dedman, CEO of Paragon Extract. Jeremy has been Nature's Key oil supplier since day one. We discuss what to look for in purchasing a product, the potential of other cannabinoids, and opportunities within the industry at large. We are here today with Jeremy Dedman, the extraction extraordinaire, who has been helping out the Nature's Key family, as well as many others uh, throughout the legalization process in Oklahoma. So, Jeremy, thank you and welcome to the show. Joe, thank you, man. I'm really excited to be doing this. Um, haven't done a whole lot of these types of uh, uh, these types of podcasts and such. Um, really excited to kind of dive into things with you. Awesome. Well, let's hop right to it and uh, try and unpack and educate our audience today about exactly what extraction is in the world of cannabis. So uh, with that being said, can you tell us for our audience abroad where you're located geographically? So we're just southwest of Oklahoma City in a little town called Tuttle. I grew up there, graduated with 109 people in my walking class. I mean, it's a it, it's a small place, but it's home. And uh, I'm really fortunate to have been able to br- bring my business back to my hometown and not have been pushed out like some of the other people have in their uh, respective cities through legislation, things like that. The city of Tuttle has been real good at working with me and allowing me to be there. So That's great. So now in this new market um, and obviously new ventures uh-huh. uh, causes some bumps along the roads. What has your journey been like in extraction land and specifically Oklahoma? Did you start out here? Did you, yeah. did, did you uh, do any extraction prior to the legalization in Oklahoma? Um, <laughs> well, uh, my attorney would uh, urge that I not answer that question, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, no, I started here uh, post-legalization, uh, really uh, never worked with any industrial extraction equipment. Maybe, you know, some stainless steel tubes and cans of butane back when I was a younger kid. But uh, uh, this is a whole different ball game. So when we first started, we got all of this equipment dropped off and all of it was finance and we had equipment payments coming up and no money in the bank and and uh, really, it was it was crunch time. We had to figure it all out. And I had a team of people with me. We we're all pouring through equipment manuals. None of it made sense. It's all like uh, looking at hieroglyphs when you first start out, and it's so foreign to us. Um, now, uh, about two years later, uh, it, it all seems really common sense. Uh, the chemistry in it is uh, a lot simpler than some um, consultants would lead you to believe. Some of the industry consultants try to intentionally obfuscate or confuse the, uh, the complexity of it. But uh, it, it's really pretty simple what we do. And if you'd like, I'll just go ahead and start to break it down. Absolutely. And so for, for our audience and as virgins, there, there is a process by which the plant goes through when it goes from plant matter into what we call either a distillate or an oil form. Uh, and that's sort of what you're going to break down for mm-hmm. us. Now, how, so what are, I guess, can we start by saying what are some of the most common ways 
by which one goes about extraction in the industry today. And then second part of that question, in different medical markets, are there various standards by which people have to practice? Absolutely. The standards, uh, in, they vary wildly from market to market. Um, you know, that's, you'll, you'll see uh, places like California who have such huge economies of scale in their businesses and their pricing is not that much lower than ours, if any. And that's because we, we have effective um, regulations, but not over cumbersome. We have really good regulations here in Oklahoma. And anybody that's complaining about it really, in my opinion, hasn't done research on some of the other states. Um, but uh, the, the, uh, the kind of... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little sidetracked. No worries. Different different types of extraction. The, the different and... types of extraction that you'll see, CO2 extraction uh, uses a gas to um, to extract the the compounds off of the cannabis, the medicinal compounds. Um, ethanol uses a liquid solvent to extract the same thing. Butane, BHO, PHO, these hydrocarbon solvents. Basically, all of extraction boils down to you find a compound that bonds with the THC and the CBD and the other cannabinoids, and you allow it to bond with those compounds without getting the interior of the plant. You allow it to bond with the THC and the CBD, and then you separate the solvent or the um yeah, the solvent from those compounds, and then you're left with just the raw oil, uh, what the plant produces on its external leaves. Um, you're left with just that raw essence. And that's how people extract olive oil, coconut oil, uh, you know, avocado seed oil. All of that's done more or less the same way. Interesting. So, so I, so I'm a person listening to this and I'm saying, man, those are sounding like some pretty intense chemicals. How, how do you guys make sure that none of that ends up in, in the raw product, which you in turn give to mm -hmm. your vendors, your producers? H how do you ensure that, that that process is safe beyond, beyond the scope of your work? Well, that's, a, that's one of the most valid questions we have to ask ourselves every day. Um, these compounds are not uh, favorable to be, you know, vaporized or inhaled. Um, you really don't want to ingest them in any, uh, any measurable amount. But during the process of separation, luckily the evaporation point, because it, it's all separation chemistry, and the evaporation point of these harmful chem compounds like butane, propane, ethanol, uh, what have you, is so much lower than the evaporation point of the cannabinoids that we can use heat and atmospheric pressure to completely vaporize the, uh, those harmful compounds without disturbing the integrity of the cannabinoids wow. and the THC and the CBD. Um, and we do, uh, as a matter of fact, test for that to make sure that we've gotten all of those residual solvents out of our product before we move any before it leaves our door sure 
That's great. That's so, I mean, as far as standards, as, as far as keeping them high uh, and of a, a certain level, uh, what I'm hearing is Oklahoma, by and large, is is trying to lead the way and, and certainly on par with other medical markets. Would that be yeah. safe to say? Yeah, Oklahoma is certainly on par in terms of safety. Uh, other medical markets, um, th- there's a few of them that go a little overboard. And uh, they create a, a financial burden on these companies that's then passed down to the patients uh, with, you know, just uh, absolutely ridiculous testing standards. What we want to know is, is this safe to consume? And uh, what is the potency of it? What, you know, what are you selling me? What am I consuming? And uh, is there anything harmful in it? And Oklahoma's testing standards do a really good job of checking all of those boxes. Interesting, interesting. So now, uh, I guess, what what are you most excited about and or interested about within extraction land, I guess, <laughs> advancements that may be coming about within that specific sector of the industry? Can you tell our audience a little bit about yeah. what is really getting you excited these days? The study of minor cannabinoids, uh, not just THC and CBD, which are, of course, the two giants, uh, but there's dozens and some would say even hundreds of other cannabinoids uh, like them in smaller portions. And we're starting to understand how those interact with our experience with cannabis. Um, for example, you know, CBG is a really is starting to show to be a really potent neuroprotectant and neuroregenerative compound. It's got incredible medicinal benefits. Uh, CBN is uh, becoming a go-to medicine for insomnia. Uh, THCV is going to be the diet drug of the future. Um, you know, there's there's so many new things opening up every day. And I'm really excited because this is such a new market that you don't have to be Pfizer or Bayer, or you don't have to be one of these giant companies to have uh, a front-running position. Like, we have an opportunity, you and I have an opportunity to explore this stuff and to push the threshold because we're starting at the exact same place as everyone. Mm-hmm. Innovating. Yeah, innovating. I love it, man. I that's There's only really been three new markets open up in our anyone who's been alive's generation there was the uh the tech boom there was the end of alcohol prohibition which i think i got those backwards but, <laughs> uh, and then and then soon coming the total end of cannabis prohibition um so it's really when you look at what those other two markets did when they opened up and the changes that they made in society I'm really, really excited to see what happens when cannabis reaches its fruition and its maturity. Absolutely. And, and just piggybacking on what you said to, to your point of terpenes and other CBD mm-hmm. uh, pro- profiles uh, becoming known, uh, it's at least my belief and, uh, and truly I believe our company's belief that individualized medicine when it comes to cannabis specific terpene profiles is around the corner mm-hmm. uh, and and truly is a new way to look at medicine in the future instead of having to put everyone in this generic group for this generic medication that has this generic set of side effects that cause you to have to take this medication you know with cannabis there are so many different breeds uh, types that uh, mother nature provides for us mm-hmm. and 
And as you said, we're discovering more and more every day that we can play with and that we can do, which is really, really exciting. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about working with Nature's Keys that they, you guys do a really good job of uh, exploring those cannabinoid ratios, those profiles, and, and, and the different ways that you can utilize this, uh, this plant and, uh, and affect different people the best way you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you mind sharing a couple of, I guess, your success stories uh, in oh, the industry right. so far? Yeah. yeah um, so my, my mother, the reason that I wanted to get into this, my mother dealt with bad health issues um, when I was a younger uh, kid. And, you know, more or less, we, we at one point thought our time with her was over and uh, or nearing an end. And... Uh, you know, that was 15 years ago. She's still with us today. She's sharp as a tack. She's, you know, gets around just like any other uh, adult. She's in what I would consider perfect health relative to where she was 15 years ago. And uh, so I always said that if I could do that for one other person, I would consider this whole thing a massive success. Well, about... Five months ago, I had someone reach out to me mm -hmm. whose mother was on their deathbed. And, uh, and, uh, and actually, even more recent than that, I had another guy that I'm really close with in the industry who we'd gotten his mother some medicine. And man, something about whenever it hits that close to home to what your mission and what your purpose is and, and, and what you can relate to, uh, things like that will bring me to tears. I mean that that is a mission accomplished if we go down in flames tomorrow we've done it and, and and i'll check this off of my bucket list as this jeremy what what's the best tip you would give people for making the world a better place and um start with your personal interactions everyone wants to have a political opinion these days it's getting so bad. The, the, the political divide, the social divide, how, where you stand on certain issues, none of those things are going to make as big of a difference in the world as how you treat people when you interact with them. And, and uh, so if, if we're ever going to pull out of this nosedive that we're in as a country, it has to start with, you has to start with how you interact directly with the world around you, you know, uh, touch where you can reach. And, uh, and I, I just think it's really important, uh, that everybody, um, reach out into their own circle and draw a line in the sand and say, say either I love you or I'm indifferent. We have no room for hate and, you know, moving past 2021, we've had enough of that. And I hope that if anything good comes out of this year, uh, you know, so from a social standpoint, it's that people are burnt out on the hate. I would uh, give an amen for that as well. I think we're all, all burnt out with it. So, mm -hmm. uh so what makes you feel inspired or the best about yourself? 
inspired or the best about myself, you know, I'm in a position to help a lot of people. Um, both if where I'm at and the, the faculties I have at hand and um, the disposition I have to actually want to do so and enjoy doing so. Um, I think what makes me feel best about myself is that I actually enjoy other people's success. I actually enjoy seeing people happy and, uh, and the fact that I don't have whatever quality uh, makes, uh, would make someone bitter about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably how I would answer that question. So, Jeremy, there's there's a lot of talk in the industry about this full spectrum, this broad spectrum, distillate. What what exactly are all of these things? And can you help make sense of it for the layperson maybe coming into this world for the first time? What should we be looking for as consumers? Well, it's difficult to know exactly what each person needs, but um, a lot of people say that a full spectrum product is better. And I agree that uh, isolates are not as effective as a full spectrum product, but it's important to understand what those terms mean. So to break that down, if you look at the range of cannabinoids that we measure in the plant, uh, you have THCA, THC, Delta 9 THC, Delta 8 THC, CBD, CBC, um, there's a CBN, there's a ton of them, but if you put those out on a spectrum, we want the most complete, uh, the most complete profile of those cannabinoids that we can get whilst staying true to how the plant grows out of the ground because nature was so much more intelligent than, uh, you know, our chemists at the uh, medical research laboratories have ever been. So we try to stay true to the plant, and that's what people mean when they say full spectrum. Now, when someone says, is this product full spectrum or is it made with distillate? This is a little misleading because uh, their assertion is that distillate takes away from the full spectrum aspect of the oil. Uh, that the process of distillation somehow makes it not full spectrum. And uh, if it's done correctly, and it usually is, um, distillation takes the range of cannabinoids out of the full spectrum oil and just amplifies them, makes them all more potent simultaneously, and eliminates all the waste that is not, uh, doesn't have recognized medicinal value. Um, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. So, so, so I, I, I kind of like to, to tell people, um, you know, with a, with a full spectrum profile, uh, it's kind of like humanity. The more that works together, <laughs> the better off we all are. The mm-hmm. more cannabinoids that are a part of a full profile, the better end result the patient generally gets. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Um, generally, Yes. Absolutely. So, so can you break down then what, what that full spectrum and then specifically broad spectrum means? So, so broad spectrum, you, you can't technically call distillate full spectrum because there are cannabinoids that we don't measure for 
that could be lost uh, during the process of distillation. But uh, the, the most accurate thing to call it is a broad spectrum oil because it does have all of those recognized medicinal cannabinoids. Um, but uh, I, I think that uh, distillate is a cleaner and more effective way to medicate and certainly to infuse. Um, it creates a better flavor in the end product. Uh, it creates a more pro potent end product. And uh, it is, for all intents and purposes, mainly full spectrum. Gotcha. There may be some compounds that we don't measure that, uh, that we've lost during the process of distillation, but the medicinal benefit, in my professional opinion, is greater uh, that we gain through that process. So you would say that using a distillate on the whole is, is better than using, say, CO2 or CO2 extraction methods or? I, I won't say better. Um, but I won't say worse. Okay. I, I, I know a lot of people say that distillate is just about THC, and that's how it's marketed. Mm -hmm. And so people who produce distillate, they look for THC-dominant plants, and they look for the least amount of minor cannabinoids that they can have in those plants whenever they're purchasing to make their distillate. Um, so it is generally THC-focused. Uh, I mean, that's how people purchase it based on the potency of the THC. Most people don't ask about the minor cannabinoids. You guys are interested in those. You like to see those on the test. But, uh, but most people, all they ask is, what's the THC percentage? And so that's why distillate gets a bad rap in terms of it's not as effective as a full-spectrum product it's just more likely to be less full spectrum, but not due to the process of distillation, mm -hmm. but due to a marketing glitch. Interesting. Interesting. Jeremy, this is going to be my last question for you. And I think it's, it's very important to be explained by someone like you with your skill set. What is the difference between hemp and marijuana? I love this question. <laughs> so when a, uh, when a, do you want the long or the short answer? Give us the long. We're, we're educating so people. When here. a uh, marijuana plant, when a cannabis uh, plant is in its adolescence, it starts to produce either THCA synthate or CBDA synthate. And what that does is it interacts with the precursor compounds to determine much like when we're born and we're genetically determined, uh, you know, which sex we're going to develop into, but as a little zygote, we, you know, androgynous. But as we develop, something in our body goes one way or the other. Um, this plant also determines whether it is going to put its energy towards developing THC or developing CBD primarily. And uh, which one of those synthates occurs is largely determined by genetics. And so when you have these um, high CBD genetics, that's called hemp. And it's differentiated as such because there's really not enough THC to cause it to be psychoactive, typically. Um, and then th the high THC variation is called marijuana 
um, mainly by law enforcement, but you know, you got to have some way to tell them apart. Um, the high THC variation is the one that is psychoactive, and it's important to, that we look at both of them because there's other minor cannabinoids that are more prevalent in the hemp plant, and there's other minors that are more prevalent in the THC uh, THC rich plants. Uh, so that's that's basically chemically the difference is there's one tiny little synthate um, like we have one chromosome that makes all the difference uh, there's one tiny little synthate that uh, is genetically predispositioned to occur in the plant and uh, that completely changes the way it interacts with you know with with our products though we we definitely we do have a belief that adding a little bit of THC and we are very proud to be one of the only brands on the market with a true microdose that being anything below 2. Point, or at 2.5 milligrams of THC and below the only true microdose product on the market currently um, and we definitely want to keep going in that direction again because with newcomers to cannabis if we can replace a Tylenol an Advil a Vicodin um, those are the types of things that we are trying to accomplish for people. We want to bring you back around to a plant-based medicine. And like Jeremy said, something that comes from the earth that is naturally healing and that we are still uncovering things on a daily basis with. So Jeremy Dedman, I very much thank you for your time for coming in today. And again, for supplying us wonderful, great oil for our brand Nature's Key. We look forward to seeing you again very soon, maybe having you back on sometime soon. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Maybe maybe even uh, checking out the lab, shooting some videos. And, yeah, that'd and, be yeah, awesome. Educating people on, really on the next layer of the onion. really appreciate the opportunity to come out and do this, man. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Jeremy Dedman of Paragon Extracts. Thank you so much. Up next week on the Nature's Key Podcast, we speak with local Okie Johnny Sellers about a journey all too familiar with many Americans. Back pain. Through shots and painkillers, through hell and back, Johnny describes how he has managed to deal with his day-to-day -day pain through Nature's Key plant-based medicine.